Welcome to the Storytime Podcast, and I'm your host, Chapmonius. This episode is all about style, or the lack of it. Max and I whack nostalgic on our version of style, and how there is a such thing as a preppy gangster. We also talk about stunning on free dress day, swap meet silk shirts, the Jodeci hat, the big man's dilemma, and if I should give millennials some love with their style. <laughs> I guess. Time podcast is Chapmonius, and on today's episode, we're going to talk about style that style that makes you who you are, that outward symbol of that inward grace. I want to know how it became. And today's episode, we got Max Heisenberg. Hey, Max, how you doing? Doing all right, playboy. Oh, good, man. Good. I'm glad to have you on today. We're going to talk about style, we're going to talk about what yeah. made your style and, and how your style came to this day. Can we talk about that? Let's go. All right, now, what was your earliest memory? Of those that had style. Hmm. Style. Well, the first style that like really stood out outside of just gangsters on the street Word. would probably be, you know, like rap. Before then, I, I don't know, maybe it was just a self-awareness thing, right? Where we didn't really see, I didn't see anything as being fresh. We're just, you know, as a kid, we're just all alive. We all here playing, everybody doing whatever. But, like, I first saw gangsters and rappers and dope dealers kind of being the freshest people ever. And that had to be, like, the early 80s. Okay. Now, did you know, know style from your parents, from your, from your siblings, from your uncles and aunts? Nah, you know, not, not at that time. You know, I'm an only child, at least my mother's only child. You know, I've got older cousins, <laughs> but a lot of them are uh, male. And I've got an older cousin. He's only a year older than me. So like I said, maybe it was just like self-awareness. Uh, but when we did start to focus more on like getting stuff, like, you know, that's a stuff thing. Uh, he was fresh. Like he did always keep it fresh. He wasn't like the guy to start the trend as more as the guy who was, oh, I want this and then get it. You know that's what I'm saying? Right. So I was always for the rappers, just kind of the rappers and the, the guys on the street to kind of start trends and be like, damn, I never thought about doing that. You know? So what gravitate what make you what what helped you gravitate towards that style? Well, because you know, it was it was the only style that you've seen. It's like, you know, you I guess you just kind of grow up and you say, Man, I want to be clean. Like I want the girls to like me, or I want to be, you know, I want to kind of be fresh to death, right? So like you see the gangsters and the gangsters got the hair done, you know, talking about the eighties, <laughs> right? Come on, I guess dudes did perms and all of that. You know, the eighties is like Jerry curls and even dudes that just used to have like waves, like waves were like really, really heavy waves. And, uh, what's that Ralph Tresvent? You know what I'm saying? When you got the, uh, the shag, you know what I'm saying? <laughs> the duck tail. Yeah. The ducktails and all of that stuff. Like the gangsters, that was like the, they were the guys that kind of brought that to the forefront, man. So when I said, I want to get clean, man, I'm gonna go get me a pair of Dickies like that or a pair of Levi's mm. and the and the sweatshirts or whatever and I'm going to start dressing like that so like very early on uh, my style was heavily influenced by like just like street gang culture you know and I think that's still something big for LA like everybody knows that LA like like Corrupt said cut off khakis French braids and house shoes like everybody wears knows that the guy with the socks pulled up you know what I'm saying that's like cholo fashion but it's still fashion when you're trying to rep you know now, did you take that fashion, that street fashion, you know, whether it be the gangster or the drug dealer, how did that translate into you, like, say, when you went to school? 
Oh man, well you know that was the thing then. You know the '80s was heavy, like you know colors came out, <laughs> right? So like everybody's watching. Like the gang thing was really, really big in L.A. I live in a gang infested neighborhood. You know what I'm saying? And although I went to private school, which is really I, like the craziest part is when we had a chance to have like free dress, mm-hmm. we would throw on <laughs> we would throw on like super gang attire <laughs> and go to private school <laughs> dressed like, like like gangsters. But the thing is, is they were so oblivious that I don't think they understood. Like, you know what I'm saying? They may have been familiar with the 70s and the 80s, you know, educators and a lot of those people being older, but I don't think they were really in tune with what was kind of happening right there in the mid 80s to the early 90s because we wore khakis and corduroys to school. That's part of your uniform. So you just don't wear gray corduroys. You wear the blue ones. You know what I'm saying? Or so cross cords, I mean, silk shirts like the dope dealers and stuff like that. Yeah, I was you just going to say, I know you had a couple pair of cross cords back in the day, right? Oh, for sure. Cross cords was popping, uh, the silk shirts, you know, the 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 link chains, you know what I'm saying, stuff like that. Or uh, back then, I guess they were doing more Turkish. Well, they would wear links because the links look real good on top of those little ten dollars silk shirts. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I'm saying? But it, it was just about being clean because I feel like that was just what everybody wanted to do. I don't want to say everybody came out of like, uh, uh, like everybody was poor, but you know, like when you're young, you don't realize that people some people have more than other people if you're just happy and and your needs are met then you don't start to understand that like this guy wears nike because he can afford it and this guy wears kids because they can't afford the nikes or they're wearing troops or k-swiss because they can't afford the adidas or the nikes or whatever else you know what i'm saying so like time you start to see everybody just wanting to be clean and trying to discover we discovered everything at the same time you know, because that's funny. You saying being in a quote unquote gang infested neighborhood, you know, I lived, you know, it wasn't gang infested, but, you know, we had we had one nice one nice size gang there. You know, I grew up in the jungle and I, okay. grew, and I grew up in a part where same premise, you know, you looked up to the drug dealers with the Fila's and the Sergio Takinis and Elise. Right. And it was, you know, you still had the gangsters who still look clean, who still had the, you know, went down to I can't remember what store it was before the mall got built, Baldwin Hills Mall got built. It was like a little place where you can iron on. They had the little nice pressed, uh, you know, sweatshirts with the five creases in them and the and the oh, sure. match. You know, they, they were definitely, definitely 100%. But on the other side is that where I grew up on the block, we had a mixture of older kids and younger kids. So when I was in sixth grade, I had cats on my block. There were seniors that went to Dorsey. And these mm. cats used to rock the the Levi's and the Sperry Topsiders and the Penny Loafers and the Izod long tail polo shirts. You know, they were, they were, that's the dichotomy. That's the, you know, juxtaposed and being in a, in a, in a neighborhood where I grew up in, you had these cats that were, that were pretty fly. They had the shags, the tight shags. Right. That had the right. Argyle sweats, you know, Argyle socks and the Argyle sweater on. And those, so that mix of having the gangster, having the drug dealer and having the preppy, I wouldn't say they were Carlton from the Fresh Prince, but they were right. the more of the, they were more of the cooler version. So when I looked at style, I looked at, okay, how can I mesh both? And then, you right. know, and that's where I got my style. Well, that's why my first impression of style. Yeah, you know, I, I think that, like, the whole preppy thing didn't really, I feel like everybody dressed like that in the 80s. Like, you, this is just how you clean up. On Easter, you'll wear a button-down shirt. You might wear a La Tigre or a Lacoste, and you might throw on some pastel colors. You're sure to be tucked in. Listen, back in the 80s, Magic Johnson, Lakers, man, everybody's shorts were short. 
<laughs> right. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So it was no other thing. So the style, it was just like either you got money and you have nice clothes, clean clothes to wear, or you don't. And you was just always in the same kind of shit. You know, and, and that's kind of yeah, that's kind of how it was. And I remember back then, even on different levels, you still, you know, you still like you remember you said before about how, you know, you may notice you, as long as you knew that you had something, you may notice cats wearing Nike because he just wore Nike, not that you didn't have less. Because I remember being kids and and if you didn't, if you couldn't rock the Izod or Lacoste, you know, they were one and the same back then, then you rocked the Latigre. Latigre right. was that next level down. And then if you didn't have that. They had Garanimals. I don't know if you remember Garanimals back then. Uh, you know, I'm all too young for that one. <laughs> I, I remember it, but I, like, I, it, I, it wasn't in my heyday, right? Right, right. I mean, it wasn't, you know, I think you wore it up until maybe you were a kindergarten or something like that the most. But th- that was the style. There was different levels of style. And, like, you made it notice. I mean, and people like, you know, my mom would always talk about Buster Brown and going to Lacoste and going to Saks Fifth. But again, that's a that's like adult awareness. Like as a child, you don't know that you're outside playing in clothes that other people can't afford, really. Like, you know, school year at the beginning of the school year, you're going to get one pair of shoes, two or three pair of pants, right? like five shirts. And when I say shirts, I mean dress antique. It's not like my mom is not going to go at that time. She's not going to go out and buy me like a five pack of T-shirts. I don't even know if T-shirts came in five packs in the 80s. You know what I'm saying? But like the stuff that you're going to wear out, you're going to get this once. You're going to get one in the winter. You know, when Christmas and everything rolls around, some of your Christmas presents are going to be closed for school. Right. And we also came up in a time before there was so much stuff. Like there was only like three pair of Nikes that existed. So like everybody just goes to the store and kind of buys the same stuff. They just kind of buy what's available. Like I said, you would look down at somebody's feet or you would look at their outfit and just be like, wow, you're really clean today. You're really well put together. And the gangsters were always the people, you know, where I was from that just kind of personified that. Now the drug dealers will personify like extras. That next level, that next level. Next level, two wardrobe changes a day. Uh, they got all the mad. Now, we're talking about all the super hyper sports, those old Adidas sweatshirts uh, that they did for the Olympics, all those right. dope things. That, you know, they got mad different tennis shoes, the British Knights or Troops or Lottos or whatever was popping back then. You know, they come out with the acid wash denim and, you know, ropes, rope chains and gazelles and rings and all of that. Like, all the accoutrement is also part of it. So, when you start to look at it, it's like they're just like that's just like two different levels because the gangsters obviously walk kind of close to that, but they didn't have the variety. If you had a couple pair of you know khakis that were always clean and always pressed and always really presentable, and, and some clean t-shirts, yo, you was cool. You could go anywhere in the hood. Yeah, you know yeah, what I'm saying? Yeah, on that spectrum, you had that cat that had five or six Levi's, and they were always looking nice. And you had that one cat everybody knows. That you know been ironing Levi's dirty so long that it's got that little shine. <laughs> they shine. They shiny. You, you know what I'm saying? And they got that nice just, sweet smell of ass to it. You know that whole thing. Right. Like just remember, like you know, back in the day, man, you you would get a pair of jean shorts. Let's just say, let me give you a rundown on an outfit. This is like an '80s outfit, and the outfit is probably no more than like sixty dollars now. But you would have like a pair of jean shorts on, like some guest boots, a sweatshirt. You know what I'm saying? Maybe some slouch socks and some pom-poms, depending on if you're a girl or a guy, whatever your style was. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, just a little bit of jewelry or something. Like, $25 in your pocket. That's a lot of money back then. And you were, like, fresh. That's an outfit that you would almost be willing to wear anywhere. Let's say you had some red Levi's or something. that Like, people just don't wear stuff like that every day. 
right? right? Like, you know what I'm saying? But you got some red, oh man, you got the red ones? Woo, you out here killing them. Oh, you got the matching Cortez, you got a red swoosh on your Cortez. Wow, and the fat laces, that'd be a knockdown outfit. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And today, people wear stuff like that, they out cutting their grass in that, man. Well, it's funny, yeah. you should, you should, funny you should say that because, you know, even though everything is so reciprocal, you know, the styles now, like like you said before, there wasn't 50, 150 pair of, of different Nikes. It was just maybe two right. or three. You know, it was always a con, you know, consummate Cortez or I wouldn't even say Air Force One because that was more or less of a, of a basketball shoe. But, you know, you had right. your Cortez and you had your little basic, you know, Court Forces or Alpha Four or Alpha Air, whatever the hell they had back mm-hmm. then. And if you wore a high top, that means, hey, you're not playing basketball in them. You know, you don't belong to a, a, a man. So those things like that are, like you said, those still stay the same as far as you right. know, the, the, what we thought was, 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 was hot back then is commonplace now. Right. I mean, I'm going to keep it real. I don't recall seeing the Air Force One until high school. Right. I started high school in 1990. You get what I'm saying? Like nobody in my neighborhood wore Air Forces or anything like that. It was just Cortez, you know, Chucks, Ponies, or Crocus Sacks. <laughs> like, <Crocus. laughs> you know, or your karate shoes or whatever. Like, no, like, I mean, you would see Adidas and Pumas and stuff like that. Obviously, the old school 80s kind of B-boy, which was heavy in the streets because that's still part of street culture. Like, you know, like Supreme does real good with like taking stuff that's like almost like gaudy gangster obnoxious but it's so irreverent it's street culture and they just present it like if you look at a lot of their stuff it's part of the counterculture more so than it is part of like the culture of what everybody wore you have you would have like in that time frame you would have had to be pretty live to like come out you know with the jacket with the furry collar and the 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 motorcycle or the you know the gang rockers on the back of it or even a sweatshirt that has some iron on letters on it that said you was part of somebody's crew or something that's not like something that everybody could do you're right, you're right. That, that you, you know, know, different styles, you know, different styles translate. Because, you know, even though you grew up, you know, like you said, on, on the Manchester and, and, and Florence side of town. Normandy. Normandy and Manchester. I'm sorry. I don't know why Florence and, and Manchester. I don't want to. Yeah, the same side of town. Same, 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 thing, same yeah. thing. Same difference. But uh, and me being in the jungle, how it's almost night and day. But at the same time, it's the exact same thing because, like I said, the preppy part was there, even though it was always an undertone probably throughout the city of L.A., but still, I thought to me it was more prevalent than actually what gangsters were. Man, you know, in, in the 1990s when I, when I got to high school, I started – I mean, we wore guests. I remember one of the first dances I, I went to in high school. You know, I had like this guest, some guest overalls, you know, and some Elise and of, of you know, uh, one of those like a rayon shirt, you know what I'm saying? Looking right. real in living color-esque with the three-quarter length trench coat hooded jacket almost, you know, color block, yellow, red, green, and black or some shit like that, you right? sound like Ronnie Bivens right now. <laughs> it, was, it was for sure like that because, again, you were inspired by that. Like hip-hop is, is, is obviously the the – the culture now, right? Right. But um, I remember getting to Sarah, where I went to high school at, all hell. Oh. And, you know, I, those cats didn't dress like that. This is when the preppy, like the Carlton thing, like became real. Like their guest jeans were kind of different. 
Like instead of going with the acid wash and all the really contemporary TV, rap, hip hop stuff, they were going with like really traditional. Like, so it was like modern cuts, traditional colors, navy, black, you know, burgundy, just like like in the season. Like cats would really go buy their stuff in the season where we would go down to the Cooper building downtown and be trying to get whatever was on sale. Right. They were doing it a little bit differently where we would let our shirts hang out and it was all about dancing, you know, dudes are housing and doing all kind of other stuff in the street. They would tuck theirs in, you know, they got the belts, you know, we, we used to wear the wove belt, the woven belts that over where I'm from, they used to let the belts hang. You just get the belt super long and let it hang. No, they would take their belts. They would kind of fit and they would rope, rope it all the way around. So it was a much cleaner part. Like, so to kind of fit in, you just adjust. It's not a change because we're really wearing the same thing. We're just going to adjust. Or if I don't have Dockers to wear, I got Dickies because there's a difference between Dickies and Dockers. Most then maybe I, need to get, yeah, maybe I need to get my Dickies taken in. Or, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll have to try to find some Dockers or whatever. Like, so the style started to develop from there. And that's when I really started to see people who were buying, like, really beyond necessity. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, coming from a single-parent home, and people who weren't, we weren't really even tripping off that kind of stuff, really, because we were in a neighborhood where that wasn't the thing. But now I'm in school in Gardena, and it's just like, yo, these people got money out here. Like, these dudes are going to go shopping. Like, in two weeks, they're going to go shopping. Some of the first polo pieces I ever saw were, like, on on 15-year-old kids, like polo rugby's. Like, I couldn't imagine what a polo rugby costed wow. in 1990. Like you know what I'm saying? The plaid, uh, uh, uh black watch, uh, uh, pullovers. You know what I'm saying? First fitted hat I ever saw was in high school. You know, before you, obviously, I, sh- I, I feel like I used to watch cats play, play professional baseball in non-fitted hats. <laughs> you know, coming out of the '80s, all of a sudden they started. Uh, you know, that's when the colleges came up, yo. Like the first right, fitted that hat. Whole, I- well, that was the whole snapback. You know, with the you know everybody rocked the Georgia Tech or the Oklahoma. State. There it is, Oklahoma. Exactly, and it was like the real college thing. And then you start seeing the hat. So now everybody's about the fifty nine fifty, where the hat goes up real tall in the front, and it sits and it has a little bit of presence. Back then, man, them had to be in our back pockets. They be in your backpack. Like the more beat up and ran down and washed out it looked, the, the kind of fresher it was. You know, and then I started to see people how everybody t- kind of took the same type of style and would just like modify it a little bit by a degree. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. Okay. So my style personally started to kind of come into fruition to say, okay, I see what you guys are doing and I have to do something a little bit different. I don't need to be way over here anymore with my 80s throwback stuff. As we advance, I got to catch up and I got to do what everybody else is doing, uh, uh, short of trying to get caught up in the consumerism, but right. like, just right. take the whole thing and be fly. Yeah, with that being said, and it's funny you bring it up, what was your, when did you start experimenting with your own style and your own look? Like, Uh, your own thing, when did you start taking these things from different people and different things and different genres and start adapting it as your own? And when was, like, your first experiment in doing that? Probably, like, uh, hmm. It would probably have to be the 90s, because the 80s, it was just, like, whatever you see, you just want to get it. And that's it. You know, no real variety in that. Around the 90s, that's what it was. Because, you know, it's like you have this idea of all the stuff that you want and then you can't get everything. (laughs) A limited budget says you can't get everything. So whatever you can't get, you have to turn some of this stuff into it. So you have to to adapt it. 
Exactly. You have to adapt it and you have to try to figure out what pieces are going to, you know, when you're putting together a wardrobe, what pieces are the pieces that you absolutely have to have? And what are the pieces that you can kind of do without? Then I started to understand why people did such traditional shopping instead of all the, you know, take it with a grain of salt. Because I didn't grow up on the east side, but in relation to Gardena, all the east side you know, in fashion, contempo, fast fashion, every two or three months stuff changes, get it from the swap meet and let it go type stuff to get that in the color that you can wear this two years from now, if you can still fit it. And I started to understand like, okay, so get off of all of this. I mean, we went through the phases, we went through the cross colors and the major damage and the limited and the bum equipment and, you know, not not all of us, sir. See, I'm sorry to interrupt you, but just to, oh, no. to for you know, I didn't have that ability because me being a big dude, being being a, a you know a fat kid, there was a, a there was a, a shortage of my size and cross colors or 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 guest jeans. So my mm. you know have to adapt. You know, I'm not saying one's the fat kid, but you know it is what it is. You know, you have to you have to adapt. You know, you can't only maybe you only could rock the the dickies. That's all you had. Or you know, when you were younger, all you could rock was. Um, was uh, Huskies from, from Sears. Absolutely. Absolutely. The thing about it is everybody dressed up then. Like, and not dressed up as in dressed up in status, but like dressed up in size. So we, we will find ourselves being like 30, not even 30, like 28 waists and buying 34s. Right. You know what I'm saying? Right, right. And, 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 going 36s, and we did a lot of that. So obviously the bigger sizes, when you start to talk about like, I don't even say bigger sizes, but you know, the, 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 those sizes, I guess they are bigger size. They know where they put it, but 38, 40, 42. Like, I don't even know about a 42. I, th- I feel like I'd never seen a 42 until I got old, maybe except like in Levi's because Levi's always came in like, you can go see a pair of size 60 Levi's. Right, right. right. They'll, they'll, they'll block the sun. You can find a big yeah, They always kept it real. They always kept it real for the big guys. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, because in G- elementary school for me, it was pretty easy because I, you know, I would say I was, the, I was above average and I was 5'9", five, 5'10". But soon as I right. but from my my um, that's tall for like tenth grade though. Right, right. When I graduated sixth grade, I was five nine. My very oh, no, that's day, definitely tall for the sixth grade. Shit. But my first day in seventh grade, I was six one. Mm. So I spent a whole summer and being in pain, but a whole summer outgrowing all the clothes that I thought were cool in elementary school. So now I'm taller and a little bit bigger. And, you know, you've got to try to adapt it. Everybody else is wearing the, you know, wearing the parachute pants and, you know, they don't make them because first of all, right. like six foot 12 and, and 12, 13 years old. And also they don't go, you know, go, go up past my thigh. And, you know, so, so maybe, and I get it. So maybe this, this dress thing, like this preppy versus like in vogue dressing thing is like, I feel like it's almost like private, the difference between private school kids and public school kids. Right. And not even that the behavior is any different, because I know we did a lot of crazy stuff in high school, but a lot of my friends went to public school and they were always like the quote unquote in style guys where we would go to some places. If I'm around all of them, then I look like Carlton. Wow. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But, but like, really, like, it's like, man, well, you got your shirt tucked in, bro. Like, relax. And I'm like, I am relaxed. Like, don't you see my puka shells <laughs> or whatever it is? You know what I'm saying? But then I go around all my private school friends and it's like, yo, you're not dressed enough. You've got to have the T-shirt under the rugby 
under the half zip, you know, under I mean, under the quarter zip pullover. You know what I'm saying? With the pants and the shoes, you know, the cross trainers with the strap. You got to have your backpack and your hat. It was like oh, just the complete fit where I felt like the public school kids always dress for comfort and just like coolness. And I always like uh, 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 connected with that somehow because like I said, a lot, a lot of my friends went to public school, man. And that was just in my neighborhood. Nobody went to private school, really. Right. This is all I saw. So I have to come back and I have to try to have like a nice, happy medium between here and there and try to integrate all this uh, contemporary stuff with the classics. Yeah, because I think graduating from Audubon, mm. you know, which was 87. So going into Dorsey, 87, 88 was the first time I've seen where it was so many different styles and so many mm. different, you know, you had your cast that were looking like, you know, that would wear the 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 rugby shirts and the in the in the Levi's and right. the, and the nice you know tiger wrestling shoes or you had right. cats that wear the K Swiss or wear those nice shoes and you had cats that were just like I said they were in that in the hood and they wore the khakis and the in the and the Cortez and stuff like that and you had the right. girls that wore the you know the uh, tight uh, bicycle shorts and the thick you know right. like I said the uh, you know you didn't see that when I was I didn't see that when I was younger. Because Eddie, if you think about it, that's a hell of a transition from, say, being a 13, 14 year old to now you're going in 15, 16 and seeing everybody and their styles just they don't even clash. It's like they all mix into one big baller ass style. Yeah. Well, you know, maybe to us about where you stay at, you know, like like is the city sequestered into different type of looks and styles because the city feels different. You know, the kids that go to Fairfax might dress different than the kids that go to Westchester, might de- dress different than the kids that go to Washington. Maybe that's the case. You know, I don't know. Got in the yeah, because only certain kids, like for us, they wore Malian Sun. That was like a, a surfwear company. Uh, only word, certain word. kids wore those. Those were the cool kids that were, if they were black, then they were like, you know, they were cool. They actually, maybe they did surf or maybe they lived in, you know, near the beach areas. But more or less, if right. you went to Fairfax, they they wore Stussy, and nobody rocked it. Nobody understood what that was. Or they rocked, uh, you know, just different outfits that probably we would never rock because, like you said, more more or less because it's money. I remember going to Champs and back in the day, and Champs was basically not for the common folk. You know what I'm saying? That was for drug dealers, right? Drug right. dealers or cats that actually played tennis, because that's where you got your right. spank Adidas uh, sweatshirts and sweatsuits and sweat jackets and the Fila shoes. We couldn't buy right. stuff like that. So maybe, you know, you're right by saying those that went to Fairfax that maybe had the, the ability to do it versus the cats that sort of have the ability and have to adapt to sort of, you know, like, you know, for me, I always admired those that were different, but I understood why they were different. Like, I remember I always understood why, you know, these persons wore 50 socks. And they were all scrunched up. Right, right. With the, with the John McEnroe Nike chlorophyll uh, Nikes on, uh, tennis shoes on. Because Man. those were hot, and I didn't—I right. would never rock it, but I can see why they were. And I was like, "Oh, that's cool." Or even the same cats that would wear, you know, the shell to Adidas with no shoelaces and got that sock flipped a hundred times under it. Man, y'all, I was just about to say that. I, you know, because I—I I know people that would dress a certain way. We would never see that at my high school. And then I started to think, I was like, "Okay, so where are we shopping? We're shopping at the South Bay Galleria because it's not that far." on you know artesia and hawthorne boulevard you've got abercrombie you've got well you got nordstrom you know there's abercrombie in there there was a polo in there once upon a time you know you got the gap and you know all of that stuff it's just kind of like that status robinson's may or macy's or whatever that was back in the day so people 
because that's the local mall and that services the community. But, you know, when you go, if you wanted cross colors or something, you'd have to maybe go to Delamo or maybe you had to go over to Baldwin. And come on, man, I'm not about to get to catch the 40. Nowhere. I'm <laughs> yeah, I'm on, I'm, I'm on Manchester and Normandy, man. I'm not catching the 40 nowhere. And I'd be all in Inglewood. So I would go through Inglewood and all these places. Anything that was, you know, Inglewood, Hawthorne, Lawndale, Redondo Beach, uh, I'm fine with that. But you start talking about going north, things a little bit different going back that way, man. I think my limit was like the Slauson swap meet. And, you know, back then the swap meets weren't really, you know, a lot of people went to the Slauson swap meets. Not only that, there were, there were more swap meets around. Right. Yeah. Because there were a bunch of swap meets on Vermont. There were probably about 10 swap meets on Vermont between Manchester and 83rd back in the day. Um, wasn't there one on Gage? Like Gage and Normandy or somewhere over there, man. There was one over there by World on Wheels, like in all of these right. places. You know, different stuff and they're, they're provide different stuff for the community, man. So it's always good. Like, so you get to high school and you see so many people from different areas coming together, catch transfer from neighborhoods that you've never been to. And it's almost like they import a different style that we can all kind of pinch off of and build our own type of shit. You know what I'm saying? Uh, in, in addition to that platform. Yeah, because I remember Swamp Me, man. We used to take that. It was a 210, man. I used to say, you talk about heading south. Mm. I mean, you no, never even north. catch Crenshaw. Never heading catch Crenshaw south, bus either, man. take the Crenshaw bus to Compton, see, before it was Marine, before they turned to Marine. We right, was like, right. is this Compton? And then all of a sudden you see uh, El Camino College, stuff like that. But yeah, that was a trip too, you know, going to yeah. uh, going to the Rhodium Swamp Me. Ooh, yeah. You know, here's a fun fact. Never again going to guard, going to school in Gardena all those years. I've never been to the rhodium. Really? Never. Never stepped foot. Passed by it three million times. Never walked foot in there. Yeah, I mean, every day I, you know, every, I, people keep, I, I keep telling myself that I am. People, oh man, you should go. You should just go walk through one day on the weekend. And I was like, all right, you know what? I'm gonna do that. And then I start looking at the parking situation and everything, and I say, I'm not gonna do that. I'm getting out of here. <laughs> right. And I think, I, I, like, I always wanted to go to the conference while I meet because, you know, of course, you see it on the on the yeah. and such. And I drove by and I drove around and said, I don't think I'm, uh, I'm going to be too cool in here. I was like, no, nah. I feel more comfortable in the Inglewood swap meet wearing all blue with a neon sign than, <sighs> than to walk in that one and, and just feel totally uncomfortable. Yeah, man. You know, I used to love the Inglewood swap meet. I thought the Inglewood swap meet pound for pound had a lot of, uh, a lot of stuff like, you know, back then uh, it was a lot of shit in the swap meet was fake. But Inglewood had quality vendors like I felt like it was just the location where a lot of vendors who had official contracts and shit would come together and just share that space rather than like Vermont, you'd be getting the fake yo baby yo uh, uh, Mickey Mouse shirts <laughs> and then you wash that joint and then one side shrivel up real tight and the other side be super long because it's you know it just didn't meet no kind of quality assurance standards and nothing oh, like that. Man. Or you get the or you get the silk shirt and you decide to spend the extra five bucks for the snakeskin, clack it with the button, and then you take man. the dry cleaners and that stuff start peeling off automatically. Right, it started peeling just like the wax snakeskin belts. Man, listen, I bought a fake starter jacket. I bought a fake starter jacket from down here. Then had the audacity to pay like 80 bucks for it. Mm. So it was a starter jacket that was fake, almost for the sake of just being fake, because for 20 more bucks, I could have went and bought a real one at Foot Locker. It was dope because it was the Charlotte Hornets and it was turquoise. But... Mm. You know what I'm saying? Like with the turquoise shell. But after everything is said and done, it was just like, yo, man, for 20 more bucks, you could have went and got a real one and obviously i you know i i ended up with a couple of starter jackets but you know the, the fake one you know i mean it's 
Yes, they do. You know what I'm saying? Sometimes they're good, sometimes they're bad, man. But Inglewood was really good. If you go in there and you see something, and for the most part, if it got logos, uh, it, it may have been real. Like there's an eighty percent chance that it's real. Unlike like Vermont, where there's a ninety percent chance that it's fake. <laughs> and you got that Bart Simpson doing the Michael Jackson beat it move. You know what I'm saying? They got for shirts. Absolutely enough. <laughs> or, or the Fila shirts with the little stitched in Fila, like the little patch on the side, and you put it in the washer and dry it one two times, and next thing you know, the Fila's like caving in on itself man for real like it wants to just collapse on itself yeah, like a whole you can't, iron it, you can't do anything about it that becomes your play shirt now for summer right right you know so if it, if they taught us anything from the swab meets they taught us uh like how to care for your clothes like you know what i'm saying how to wash your clothes like with uh with reckless abandon right <laughs> you know right, what i'm saying right. or, you know you got to carefully wash it and, and say so, you know what i'm not even gonna let this go a whole wash cycle I'm going right. to pull this out after the first rinse, yeah. I'm just going to dip it in the tide a little bit and then pull it back out. Exactly, and wash it. That's funny. Now, when you had the ability to curate your own style, you know, when you realized what you had is what became you, was there anything like social norms or anything that you had to choose or conform to? Like, you know, just certain styles that you just, or certain thing about your style that basically you had no choice, even though everybody was doing it, you had no choice but to conform to it? Oh, yeah, man. You know, again, going to a private school, man, all those people have money. Well, most of those people have money. And if not, their parents just made poor decisions on their spending because they sure did buy their kids <laughs> a lot of shit. And, um, you know, so it was all about the labels. You know, you come to school. If you don't have this, you don't have that. You know, they'll try to laugh you out of school. So we try to keep it simple uh initially but as everything kind of grew it was just like we just have to make sure and then you know you go through these periods of time when you're growing and you're trying to understand who you are it's just like you go through the uh i don't say embarrassment but kids will fuck with you right, right. so the kids are like oh man you know you don't have this you don't have that and da, 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 da. so you make it a point you know i made a promise it's like yo man one day i'm gonna get i'm gonna get money and I'm going to buy shit. Everything I buy is going to be name brand, right? And, and, uh-huh. and so I got on the name brand. I, I'm, I'm talking stupid stuff, like Versace socks. Like, you know what I'm saying? And, and you just start buying all of this stuff. It went from the Tommies and the Polos and just those regular, you know, uh, uh, brands there with recognizable labels uh, uh, to like the high end. And it's the Gucci stuff. And then it's all of this, this ridiculousness. And then you start to wear it. Not as if it was not as if it's a, like a two hundred dollar shirt, but you wear it almost as if to say, I got I got money to blow. So I'd be, you know, at the gym with a Gucci T-shirt. Right. It's stupid. You know, it's really stupid. So, you you know, the, it's, it's, then it becomes way too much stuff to even try to watch or to try to mind after. You know, uh, I had a bunch of shoes, man, all these Air Jordans and all this stuff because motherfuckers talked about my Nike so bad once upon a time. I talked about my pro wings or whatever it was. <laughs> now I've got, you know, 300 pair of Jordans. I've got the, you know, the white and black. I've got the black and red. And then I've got the alternative blues. If they're doing all the military blues or if they're doing midnight blues or whatever the scheme is. You know, those first three colors that they rock with, I've got all of those, one through 23, and I can't even get to enough shoes to wear them before they start to just collapse and turn into trash. So then you have to so you essentially lose that money. You have to go buy more stuff. And it just became like a really like over consumerism type approach to getting dressed. And I would find myself going to work wearing this hodgepodge of this is the stuff that was convenient to get, like to reach, 
Uh-huh. <laughs> I may have wore these khakis on Monday, and then just some shit that I felt like I needed to break out. And like, are we going out on Friday? Then we don't go out. So again, I've got this shirt out. I've got this, you know, I've got this Gucci shirt. I'm just gonna wear it to work. You know, right. and, I, and I'm talking. I'm I'm training and stuff like that. I didn't even have like no real glamorous. I mean, it's an office job, but you still do a little bit of running around, a little bit more sweating than you would like to do in your fucking Gucci shirt. And you know what I'm saying? And you know, Gucci shirt, some foam posit Air Force Ones, and some Dockers. Like what? <laughs> it's not even an outfit here. You know what I'm saying? So got into that consumerism piece man and after so long you start to feel so uh kind of guilty about it luckily enough this is not something that you know my daughter didn't pick up that habit of buying shit tried to raise her own principles to say it's not about your clothes and what you wear she's like what makes you happy man you know if a pair of kids makes you happy because they're simple and they're light and you know they're convenient to pack up and just go and do what you want to do that's what you get you know don't let these people tell you all the stuff that you need to have because sometimes when you're trying to go somewhere it's just miserable it's miserable, man. I've had to go to like two events and wear like, you know, eight inch polo boots because I couldn't find my dress shoes because the dress shoes are out in a box in the garage. Wow. You know what I'm saying? And then you start to get like, so now here comes the, the sad part. It's like, damn, man, I done got all of this stuff. Oh, well, you know, at least it's a Ralph Lauren suit. At least it's purple label. But you got on polo boots. You look like an idiot. Like, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? <laughs> Uh, like I said, that was the whole big thing for me is building that wardrobe and kind of doing all of that stuff and just going heavy on the labels and X, Y, Z and not really doing it for me. You know what I'm saying? So it took a very long time man, a very, very, very long time for me to just say, you know what? I like ugly plaid shirts. That's part of my, uh, you know, high school thing. Mm-hmm. We wore a lot of, you know, a lot of, like I said, the Docker shirts and, you know, a lot of the polo button down plaids. So I like ugly plaid well, shirts. Like I don't said, care who you called the In Living Color shirts. You know, where Keenan Ivy Wayans and used to wear at the end of each episode those kind right. of shirts. Exactly. So I like stuff like that. It's just, it's just what I like because they may, it came my formative years were there. Um, you know, I like jeans, just my little simple jeans. Sometimes I get into a, a, a rut where I wear the same jeans, you know, for six months. It might be a pair of 501s, you know, it might be a pair of double RLs. Uh, or whatever it is it's just like simple i want to be simple a couple shorts a couple this a couple that and i still have a lot of stuff because obviously you can't you know can't liquidate everything right right (laughs) you know if if you're gonna if you're gonna spend that you're gonna have that issue of not of conforming to labelism i guess you lack of a better phrase then you still in the back of your mind you still cherish and you still want to protect and curate what you got yeah, you, you exactly, exactly, because you know what you had to go through to get it. Some of that stuff, you know, kind of marked a lot of achievements in life, man, because I remember there was a time when I didn't have anything, like when I had to wear the same pants over and over again. It was just like the irony. It's like you, this is all you have, and then you get so much, this is all you can use. So no matter what, like, no matter what extreme of it is, you find yourself kind of just being locked into whatever circumstance. So the, the what I observed is just like, you just got to make the best of whatever you're given and try to enjoy it and love it and appreciate everything as much as possible. And don't get wrapped up in, you know, it, don't get wrapped up in anything. That's just not true. If you like to spend money and that makes you happy, there's probably a reason for it. It's dysfunctional somewhere, but <laughs> you know, some people just like to do stuff like that, man. And they like to buy stuff and, you know, they give stuff away. I used to give a lot of clothes away, you know what I'm saying? And, you know, after uh, a decade, I would just put these little care packages together and give them to people, man, you know, whether they be family or, or whatnot, cats oh man i need some dress shirts and i need this and i need that oh what size are you 17 and a half i got 17 and a half because i've obviously been doing kind of collecting this stuff for a very long time so i've been able to give away almost every size from- oh, that's, good. that's nice that's nice though that's good though because you see 
I mean, if you if you said you had to adapt to labelism or, you know, to that culture, then you understand that, you know, this is can be transferred, you know, with the same kind of love you got it when you first, you know what I'm saying? When you first bought it, you loved it. Exactly. Now I can love to give it away. Exactly, man. And um, yeah, I won't say who, who it was, but you know, my uncle's funeral, man. We were at my uncle's funeral and uh somebody came up to me. They was like, yo, check it out, B. You know what I'm saying? This is the same outfit that you gave me. I'm wearing it right now. I was like, damn, that's that's kind of great. Like, you know, that to, this is what you want to celebrate. You everybody's right. here we're sad the circumstances, but you wanted to show me something that you thought was gonna brighten up my day because you appreciated it. And now I, I am here standing, I get to appreciate you having like being able to dress and feel good about yourself and share and this is what it's about like so um you know that's what it is man like i still like simple stuff man i still like rugby's i was just in the closet the other day because i was about to take a trip and i seen a bunch of rugby's and i was like damn man you know i haven't worn any rugby's ever since a little white kid on the blind side <laughs> talked about Michael <laughs> rugby's, and I said, "Damn, man, this rugby thing must have never been you, because you just once they went out, you fell for it." You know what I'm saying? But oh man! And I was like, "Yo, man, you got to go back to wearing rugby's. Like you, you know, that's something again. I used to enjoy just that look. You know what I'm saying? And that style and that kind of um, that very uh, uh like pseudo quasi conservative, you know, Tommy Hill figure, uh, uh Tyson Beckford polo sport, 1990s kind of look, right. like you." saying uh, that's always been something that like i said when i came up man that's what we aspire to so a lot of my, my style is based around that man and as i've been fortunate enough to be given a lot of stuff man and to see a lot of stuff and to enjoy it i still like my my hip-hop gear so i'm in a retro shit you know uh, uh with the company we have we just we design a lot of that stuff you know nowadays everybody's designing something and doing something instagram you know we're in a world of sales but right um when i was in the shoe game you know, buying and selling shoes because that was so such a great thing to do at one time. I was sitting there one day and I said, man, it would be great if we had like the old gear to go with this. And I will remember when my, my cousin Tori would come back with the Adidas, like I said, those Adidas sweaters, those Olympic sweaters, and they got the volleyballs on it. And, right. you know, I had that one in, the, in, in ninth, grade. ninth grade. Oh, man. I had that Adidas one. Those things are beautiful. And I feel like Adidas needs to bring those back. Like they do a lot of retro stuff and like these reinterpretations. But I think they need to just go back, man, and, and, and put that that Trefoil logo on it and, and see if they can get whatever licensing they need to do just to run a batch of those, man. Or even if they can modify it a little bit where it's just something that's like, you know, non-proprietary, but just that look. Because I feel like there's space for that. Even now, like the sizes and everything. Because, you know, in the 80s we didn't always wear big clothes. Like, you know, I get a pair of Levi's. You watch them Levi's, those are skinny jeans now. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? If I got a polyester shirt, that shirt is never going to shrink. Like, you know what I'm saying? You'd have to have that shirt taken in. So a lot of those cotton polys from then, you know, we would be wearing big sweatshirts and then tighter pants. If you go back and look at paid in full, which is always good to go back and watch like period pieces. Cause right. a lot of those guys from that generation, they actually, they did a really good job of pulling off how those people would wear those fashions. And you look at those do anybody over like 160 pounds <laughs> was in, they Levi's look like they were too tight. You know what I'm saying? Like the top button is unbuttoned. Cause that's just what it is. Sometimes when you have, you know, Levi's that haven't been appropriately laundered. So uh, just to see sweatshirts and stuff like that come back in, in, in the style, man. Those are the things that incite me, excite me or uh, uh, to go in to do just my retro shopping, man, and picking out of uh, Goodwill stores or even offline, man, some of these newer uh, kind of upscale Melrose Avenue type stores. Like I even do that. So I enjoy the search for it more so than I do the actual acquisition. Right. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I think, you know, and 
I think that's, you know, and I, I feel bad, you know, for, for, for the millennials or people in this time, because they don't, I don't think they have a style and then I'm not going to go on a tangent and, and beating up millennials, but it's right. all of their style is basically retro nineties, retro late eighties, you know, even, you know, yeah. talking down to, you know, if it's not the, like the Ralph Lauren or, even if they try to do like their own, like what's true religion and stuff like that, it's all something that's been done in the eighties and the nineties. Absolutely. It'd be the same thing. What they do have though, is those motorcycle jeans, motorcycle jeans are really dope. Um, because again, good no denim. Idea, I have no idea what that is. I trust you though. Yeah. But, but like, you know, good denim is, is hard to find like, and, and, and not like just a really good pair of jeans that will wash well and wear well over the years. It's kind of hard to find. You can go buy trash jeans all the time. Right. And denim is denim to a certain extent, but you get a good wash, you get a good quality, you get a good weight. You know what I'm saying? They, they, they work with the selvage. So there's no kind of extra hanging material or anything like that. Like they're just woven, just good looms of denim. And they're making those jeans out of those, man. Even the designs and some of the things that they're doing just with how they're putting them together, man, with all those pockets and all the extra pieces, you know, it makes the jeans a little bit more heavy, a little bit more rigid. So, mm-hmm. like, you feel like you got something, right? Because one thing I never liked was, like, light denim. I like light denim if it stretches because then you wear denim like sweats. But I don't like light denim that's like uh, we used to buy Docker jeans back in high school. I can't like stand The chambray kind of look to them yeah well these actually look like denim like but they were pleated like they were pleated with pockets on the side instead of having the right you know u-shaped pockets on the on the front hip or on the thigh they have pockets on the side and they were just light and then you know you get them wet and they feel like khakis they feel like slacks more so than feeling like jeans so you got a nice pair of heavy robust jeans on man maybe a t-shirt you know la how we do it we don't even not got to necessarily get too complicated with anything because of the weather um I feel like I'm equipped. Like no matter what we want to do, like I'm equipped. If I want to go get a button down shirt and we can go to the club, the jeans are fancy enough to take them to the club or to a lounge. Or if I just want to kick it and walk around the city, I can walk around the city, a nice, simple, clean shirt, put my hat on and I can be cool. You know what I'm saying? Rather than like having to too much modify the style, you know, you wear khakis sometimes. They don't always translate well. You know, when you're going between these types of types of places. Yeah. You know, with that being said, with that being said, do you have like your go-to look, like that look that, you know, when you get out, people are like, you know, you know, you're killing them with it. You know that you're the shit. You know, you almost got that soundtrack playing in the background. Your go-to mm. that makes you just feel like, you know what? Nobody can touch me. Uh, you, j- Just the obvious retro stuff. I go for the retro. I go like right into my retro bag and... I'll pull out my Run DMC my 1985 My Adidas Tour sweater, red, black and white, right, color block, the cross with my Adidas across the back shoulders and, you, uh, 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 you know, 55-point font with the big run DMC shield on the back of an Adidas in 15 places, right? Right, right. Uh, a pair of, pair of nice jeans, you know, maybe preferably black. You know, I mean, I typically don't wear black jeans, but like because it's black, it, it just pops a little bit better. Or maybe a pair of white sweats, right? And mm-hmm. the shoes is when it becomes to like the hard part because I don't believe in kind of wearing Adidas with Nike stuff, and I don't have a lot of Adidas. But because it's a vintage piece, I feel like you can rock that. You can go with your black Tims, right? If that's what right. you're into, you can. Like polo boots. Polo boots might be a little bit too dressy for it, but your black Tims are going to rock out really well. I'll break out maybe an old pair of Jordans, 
know what I'm saying, threes or fours, something like that with the bread colorway and just do the all black, white, and red outfit, you know, simple pro-style hat, you know, maybe a pair of Kazels just to drive the point home that this is mm. some run DMC, square Kazels, you know, DMC uh, right, type right, stuff. Right from Hollis, dude, like he coming from Hollis. Yeah, yeah, straight like that. That's how I do it, man. I like, I like, I like to go retro, man, when I'm trying to show people, like, what I'm on. Like I'm, I'm, I'm old school. I've been fortunate enough to live this long. I don't have to wear, play like the new contemporary game with y'all, but y'all want to go old school. And I'm, I'm not talking about those thir- Jordan 13s that nobody cared about when they first came out. Right. Right. I'm not talking about all of that stuff that just became cool because the name is going to carry it. But like when it really, really dropped, it wasn't shit like 85, uh, uh, 87 or whatever it is when they did that tour. If you had that sweatshirt, you were the man. They're like two or three pieces from that Adidas line. I think that are just like you bring those to the table. You always doing. Yeah. If you didn't if you didn't have that sweatshirt and you had to rock the all black, you know, Adidas with the red stripes, you know, if you had that kind of dough like that. Exactly. Exactly. Or I might just go, like I said, just old school. I might pull out a Timberland quarter zip anorak. You know yeah, what I'm man. saying? You and a bag of memories, bro. So uh, um, I remember right before I met my wife, probably like in my just as I graduated high school and I was at SMC. And I remember just having this outfit to me, I thought made me feel like, you know, like like I like I was the shit, you know, for lack of a better phrase. Right. But it was that black T-shirt. With the black Levi's, the wheat colored Timberlands, mm-hmm. and it had to go with the uh, the uh, Jodeci White Sox hat, fitted of course, mm-hmm. and, and the brown Carhartt. Um, Carhartt vest. Carhartt vest, man. When I yeah, showed up, yeah. and I drove this '82 Cadillac Coupe DeVille, and when I peeled up mm-hmm. off that sucker like a like a, a freaking clown out of one of them small clown cars, and I got up out of there, and you know that you know I'm already six five, six six. And then you put those six-inch uh, wheat Timberland boots on. Now you got for two inches. I'm looking like I'm looking like Shaq. Magic. Shaq, you know what I'm, I'm like I'm pulling out the car, and I just remember just going like I didn't, you know. And I think that kind of gave me like a, a attitude, like you know what I'm I'm a big dude, but you know, come on now, you get, seeing all this beauty, all this playground right here, you gotta understand how great. And you throw a little bit of gray flannel. You know what I'm saying? You know, that's the old right, right. Bag, bringing up a little bag, it comes in. You know but, that, but that goes back to like the earlier point of back then, it wasn't necessarily all about labels. It was about your style and your swag. And a lot of dudes talk about swag nowadays. I just think it's misused because when you can come out and not really have on, you know, $1,500 worth of clothes, you know, if you, you oh, you can come out. You listen. If you got a Gucci sweatshirt with a big dragon embroidered across the front of it, bro, we already know what it is. Like you, you're the coolest guy in the room. Period. Yeah. But if you can and come then, in, and then on the opposite end of the spectrum, when you roll up in that uh, Van Do- Van Dutch hat and the and the tattoo <laughs> T-shirt, you're on the opposite. Right. Not really, the coolest dude in the world. Uh, unless you swag it out because i was having this dilemma man talking to a lot of cats you know because I, I still try to forecast like what's coming in and what might be popping is kind of part of the business man of what we do when we still buy sell and trade old stuff and i was right. like man and, it's and like for, for, and to interrupt you i mean interrupt your full disclosure my man max is a haberdasher you know he makes fine men's clothing right right so like 
I was wondering if Von Dutch, because Von Dutch still has a store that's open on Melrose. I was wondering if Von Dutch or Ed Hardy or Christian Audier, which I don't think he's going to come back in that inception. But, you know, Ed Hardy is like a legacy. That wasn't Ed right. Hardy's first, like, introduction to the world, like, obviously through the art or whatever. But, like, those designs, you can bring those back. All that Sailor Jerry type shit. Like, there's a culture that still fucks with that. So the question is, when? And yeah, I was like, like that same culture involves porn. Right. Any any of the Christian Audier wears like Yeah, but, you know, if you still if you still rocking that backward trucker's hat with the with the gold sequence on it, you um, know, but you but you know talk about real talk though, I've got some true religion stuff that before true religion kind of came into us on true religion is out, like but uh it, it, some true religion stuff before it came into itself that was very Ed Hardy inspired. Nice pieces. I'm talking nice leather woven trucker hats. So it's leather, just layers of leather patches and all of this embroidery in the front and on the bill and on the back is trucker mesh, but it's good trucker mesh. It's not like 99 cent store trucker mesh. It's right. like some really, really good stuff and the stuff has been dyed and it's been treated. It's got all of this texture. Like that's just good that's just good pieces like so they're not in style per se right so i can't i can't break out an ed hardy shirt that has like little beads on it (laughs) but um some of the shirts and some of the denim and some of the other like the more expansive pieces are still just good pieces and i feel like if the right person comes to the table yeah gucci's in but if a dude comes in with the right piece he can stand next to the gucci guy and be like man listen i'm on the same level as you are as far as doucheware is concerned (laughs) yeah (laughs) You know, and then the same way you can have a guy come in with just a white T-shirt on. And if his swag is right and the way he puts it together right and the way he wears it is right, it's just like, oh, man, listen, all of these dudes, like, you know what I'm saying? This is what the swag is versus just um, being a, a money thing. Because, you know, fashion, in my opinion, has never been about money. Like I said, I got caught up in thinking that, that was the case, which is why you you chasing the sun. It's just right. going to keep on going down you can be stuck in that cycle the thing is is you have to find out what brings out the best in you as a person and if you can pull it off no matter what because i got a homie man that wore like a blue corduroy jacket and red and green plaid pants to a wedding and it was like yo that only you could do it people came up and they pointed to him from across the room only you could have pulled this outfit off Because the swag on it. Now, again, you can go check the labels and he spent the money and all that. It's there. It's like, check, check, check. If you just want to do your due diligence, right? Right. Like, he's not totally crazy. Like, it's a method to the madness uh, if anybody even cares about any of that stuff. But just the way to pull it off and the vision of matching the textures and matching the, the, the materials and the patterns and all of this. It's like corduroy with the plaid and then the powder blue with the red and the green. How does that even come together? And if I showed you a picture, you would say like, man, everybody else is in these nice suits. He's the best dressed person here. Yeah. Why is Andre 3000 at this wedding? There you go. Why is Andre 3000 at this wedding? And that's the kind of swag. Like, you know, I know Dre being the like dresses and stuff like that, but minus the dresses, um, even he had a line of stuff that I thought was pretty cool. Like the last piece of it was like a lot of the old football sweaters, you know, so they're really thin cut in the body, high waist, you know, long sleeves, big sweaters. Yeah, big chenille patches and stuff like that. That if you would go to polo, you go buy you a polo wool jacket with leather sleeves and chenille patches, that's gonna be like three grand. Not to just keep, you know, talking about polo, but like there's going to be three grand. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. 
get the sweaters and all of this other stuff from lesser brands as long as the manufacturing and the care and the design is still there. I think it's just a matter of time. I think Cassie just stopped being so caught up on, you know, what's hot and what's in and be like, yo, man, I think this has got some imagination. This has got some vision. Let me explore that and, and try to make the best out of that rather than just, you know, going with what works. Like, because you can be, hey, man, you can hop in your 82 caddy with your, with your black on tan you know, <laughs> looking like, like a Guinness and a, uh, I forget what they do with the black and tan, man. But like, you know, and, right. and, and still shake up the set. Yeah, you know, and, and I think style and you, you, you on in the spectrum, you said, hey, you can you can chase those labels. You know what I'm saying? You can wear out a top end or you can carve a little bit of that out and adapt it to what you, you know, what you feel as a person and still be still sit next to that person and feel just as adequate as you thought you were when you needed to wear ten thousand dollars worth of clothes or it's even that premise like you always see that meme where it goes yeah look at this baller who got the thousand dollar hat and this you look at steve jobs and he got like a ten dollar turtleneck and this this and this you know that's because he could my thing is he's you know that's his style and everybody adapts that style now right right the minimalistic like it's like like you said the steve jobs with the black turtleneck and the uh and the jeans like you can go like kanye does uh that you know that dystopian uh, uh, you know, de-engineered type of clothing. That's what Yeezy Season Three right. <laughs> is about. You, you know what I'm saying? So there are people because again, it's it's about how you're gonna pull it off. That was his thing. You see Kanye now; he's in like sweats, and I'm talking like not even like Russell Athletic sweats, like six dollar sweats. And I'm seeing a lot of cats now. Even I see a lot of the young dudes wear like uh, uh basketball shorts and sweats out. Like I've never been that kind of guy. Like we used to wear sweats, but they would have to be thick like you know you go by, back in the days we buy donna karen donna karen was big and donna karen would have these really thick fleece sweatsuits her and abercrombie and fitch has some of the thickest fleece mm-hmm. that i've ever seen in my life yo and i wish i still had well, some even of those thicker, even thicker than carl canai from back in the day oh mm, you know what <sighs> man comparable yo because well, carl even the aca that uh with the african american college alliance it's it's along those lines. It's along those lines. Absolutely. It's along those lines. You know what I'm saying? But the, the AACA sweatshirts were obviously like, you know, over a hundred bucks where you can go get you an Abercrombie sweatshirt for 59. That was right. the big difference. So you see what I'm saying? So you still get the quality without the the tag and the hype because now the name, those sweats, I mean, I got one and, and it's a sweatshirt, man. You almost can't wear that AACA sweater anytime in Cali. Right. Like that's some stuff that I might find myself. So I had two of them. I might find myself selling the other one again, just to somebody who's going to get some more wear out of it. Yeah, especially in the back east. Yeah, because you can, you know, when it drops in the '69 for us, that's t-shirt weather. That ain't sweater weather. Exactly. We have to get into the '50s, and then when it is in the '50s, it's typically not in the '50s for long, long, long enough for us to even enjoy it. We're sleeping. We're in the house or something like that. Like you know, right, I roam the streets right, at night. Right. But yeah, man, you know, a lot, a lot that has to do with uh, kind of figuring the styles out, picking the styles, man, just kind of going with what's going to make you uh, uh, feel well. My, my advice to anybody is not uh, to get caught up in all that hype, man. The hype is whack. The hype is. Don't believe place. it. Don't believe it. Don't believe it, man. Flavor said, you know, so don't believe the hype, man. Right. And as you went, you know, as we went through just the beginning of, of the show, you know, we talked about this, you know, how the, how our, our first impressions, you know, was the gangsters and the and the drug dealers and, and hip hop and how we transcended to even though you went to to private school, you still try to make sure even on those free dress days that you carved your own niche as far as your style is concerned. Man. And, then that, and then that translated on to the early 90s when you rock the in color 
blowy, flowery rayon shirts and the nice jeans and even the buffalinos right. to now to now where you're even even through when you went past your, you know, your labelism or, you know, being more on the on the high end as far as your clothes concerned, you still you still even adapted that to now to making sure you shared that with people who don't have it. And now that we come to at this point now, what style or trend that you just cannot wrap your head around? Mm. It could be in the past. It can be now. Like for me, I just never understood skinny jeans. I just don't understand. I understand that maybe the 60s, you know, used to rock the, you know, the polyester skinny suits. I, I don't understand that either. But, you know, I don't when we went from being baggy to your pants barely staying up to now your pants barely stand up. But they're just so tight. Why not just wear some yoga pants? Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, I don't know about that one. <laughs> yeah, that's a uh, that extreme. I do understand the value of tighter jeans. Let me this is what I say about the millennials. And, you know, and we used to work out and stuff. I used to be a lot more diligent on my working out when I was in my 20s. And, uh, you know, because it was not it wasn't necessarily about fitness. It was about vanity. Right. So but these kids seem to be a little bit more self-aware, not to say that it's not totally about vanity. Right. Because we live in a very visual society with Instagram and everything. They see each other a lot more than we did. We would see each other when we were in each other's presence, but like somebody can leave and be gone for four or five years in another state and you can see them every day. Great point. So like they have to, they have to look like their best or their optimum. And then they, they, you have to showcase the food you eating good, you're living good. And the, the, the gift and the curse is the gift is like the, the curse is the vanity, but the gift is the health and they're much more conscious of you know getting out in the world living more in the world riding bikes going to the gym uh, um you know what i'm saying and stuff like that that like we would do it but it would be like man listen we would go to the gym lift weights like just to get buff so we didn't get thrown around when we went to the club you know just it, i wasn't <laughs> getting tossed up at the, at the at the red onion yeah, exactly. I just didn't want to get, you know, get into a scuffle with somebody and get my my lunch handed to me. So, um, you know, they do all of that. But the benefits that are coming from that, man, and like I said, just their level of self-awareness, um, I think that's great. So if I and I tell some of the older, older people, if if I had a physique like that, I would dress like that, too, because I've never been skinny. Okay. I haven't always been as big as I am, obviously being a mature male adult, like, but I've never been skinny. I can maybe think of one time in my life I was skinny probably for about a year. You know what I'm saying? And I didn't like it because I felt too light in the ass. Right. It was, I came up in a time where I came up in a Tukey Williams time. You know what I'm saying? If you're outside with a tank top on, ain't no bird chest cats outside with no tank tops on. You mm. cut. You got to have, and you you got like just the one chick over here to go fill on your arm. She ain't even your lady. She's just a girl that's around to fill on everybody, everybody buff. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> you need, that's how it was going down. You know, so um, the thing that they do that I don't know if I can really mess with is like the feminine type approach. Like I don't say like, not necessarily dresses or like, but like dudes like really rocking purses, you know, I understand the bag and a fanny pack. Some of the stuff is kind of questionable, but like dudes with purses and chokers. And when they cross the line, they really go feminine. You know, I just don't know. It's just never been my thing. I've always wanted to look like it's as masculine as possible. When I was in, you know, I remember being in high school, you know, me and my boy trying to figure out ways to make our beards grow. 
You know, what <laughs> you know what I'm saying? So the minute, like, before I had a goatee, before my mustache connected with my beard on the side of my lips, I had a beard. I had chin strap beard because I felt like you had to have some hair on your face to symbolize that you were a man. So now then they go and they do these things that are like really hyper feminine. I don't, you know, in any kind of fashion that relates to that, I can't understand. Right, right, right. Now, you know, if you're out there trying to find yourself, that's one thing. But just an overall adaptation of, like you said, the chokers, the even the way they do their hair is sort of, it's sort of androgynous. Yeah, androgynous. I'm talking eye makeup. Like dudes are really over the line in some of these cases. And I know some of it, again, the, the, the curse is what you got to do to get in front of the camera and to get your, your views up and to get your likes up so you can be viable and you can take this thing that every, this opportunity that everybody has, and you can turn that into income. I'm not mad at you. And I'm, this is not an indictment or no kind of implication on anybody's life or lifestyle or saying that anybody's lifestyle is better or, you know, di- different or whatever than the other. But as far as my version of style it's always been rough i've always said "Mm, you know what i'm gonna do i'm gonna pull this boot all the way up and let that tongue hang over i used to wear uh uh, herring bones i turned the herring bone around so the clasp could be right by my collarbone and girls would always say oh let me fix your necklace no that's the way it's supposed to sit because it needs to say i don't give a fuck that much like if i start giving too much then I feel like maybe you should take me out on a date instead. Like, you know what I'm saying? It was just like, I, like I never wanted to dabble with that line of like the masculine versus the feminine. I was high into the gender roles. And it's just like, if it's going to make me look less masculine, now I'm cool. You know? Right. Even though you put on the gold chain and you probably, well, you probably had earrings and you put on there, you'll smell good. You still want to make sure you adapt it. Exactly. Because all of that is like, it's down the rabbit hole. Like, so it's like, it's, it was a long time, though. Like, you know, man, listen, Theo Huxtable, shout out to Theo Huxtable for and the writers of The Cosby Show, because I got my ears pierced um, imitating Theo Huxtable when Theo got his ears pierced. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And when I was coming up, this was the Michael Jordan era. So dudes didn't even wear loops. Remember, cats were right. where you in the left ear. If you wore one in the right ear, that was questionable as far as what society was saying at the time. Like, you know, a lot mm-hmm. of this part of the was even like tattoos where you get tattoos on your body was still very much defined by like that was part of the counterculture just certain stuff that you just didn't do unless you were all the way in that so as we go through i got in 10th grade it was like oh dudes are getting two earrings like wow i don't know if that's i don't know if that's cool you know i had to sit with that one for a second i was like okay i guess i'm gonna get two to fit in but then sometimes i would put two earrings in i still wouldn't feel right especially if it was two hoops and I remember I got to uh, Long Beach State, man. I was walking on campus one day. I had a curly top. And my curly top was like all changing colors, all iridescent. And Laquan, now's the B-turn. You know what I'm saying? Oh, man. Uh, 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 just kind of ran through, you know, probably blonde or brown at the tips, close to it. And I had two hoops in. And I walked by the bookstore. And I see my reflection in the mirror. And I, was, I looked over. I didn't even know who I was, you know. Like, so I was like, Yo, you got you got to back up off of this, man. Like, you know what I'm saying? You get lost. You you get lost to the game. I went home that night. I cut off all my hair. You know what I'm saying? I took out the both the earrings, and I had to just kind of go back to readjusting and trying to stop make my making myself so 
pretty, so put together, so to the nines. I would, you know, I cut my hair every two or three days because I, I didn't want this to be out of place and that to be out of place. It's like, nah, you got to back up off of all of that, man. That That's questionable. That's a little too questionable. There's something else going on in life that makes you feel this way. You need to identify that and then just go back to being just happy no matter how you wake up. I haven't had a haircut since this time last week because I was traveling. I'm not even worried about it. And I don't even have as much hair as I used to have. You get what I'm saying? Right. So, so you things got, that used to used to cause you cause you issue as far as making sure you maintain that level of, of flyness, for lack of a better phrase. Of a better phrase. Now you let those days slide by a little bit. I let them slide by all the time, man. I'm telling you, I would look in like, oh man, my eyebrows right? Is this right, man? I would go, I would sit around the closet and be thinking of fits to wear just in case we went somewhere. I got two or three fits on standby. It was that kind of obsession when it came to like the gear and getting dressed and all of that stuff, man. And um, like I said, you know, you don't want to get too lost in that, man. I mean, it, just period, no matter who you are, masculine, a feminine boy or girl, man or woman, you know, you want to get wrapped up in any of that, man. You got to be here and present in the world and just kind of enjoying things as they are. Everything is not perfect. And there is no, you know, best way to do something, I guess. It's just, you know, everybody does the best that they can do, minus any of the personal issues that they have. But don't bring right. any of your issues, you know. And I think do this a- podcast, as we wrap it up, is a great allegory to how people evolve, you know, how you adapt certain things, how you curate certain things and how overall you kind of move on through certain things based upon, you know, how you are in your life. And, you know, we, we kind of see that and we kind of heard that over the last hour. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I hear it, man. I believe, I believe it. And I co-sign it. <laughs> hey, Max. hey, Max, thank you so much for joining us on this uh, Storytime podcast, man. Thank you. And hope we can have you back again. Of course, man. Thanks for having me. man. I appreciate you, bro.